and welcome to the latest version of the Paddle Racing Podcast. Um, I'm going to start by running through the horses, um, and then we'll look at a couple of matters of um, talking points um, shortly afterwards. Um, horses running um, well recently. We've got I've had two stakes winners in the last kind of seven days, and plenty of horses placed in those races as well. Um, to be honest, our three-year-olds are now absolutely out of skin. Um, and I'm absolutely delighted with how they're going. Um, two stakes winners is, you know, in a week is doesn't happen to everybody every year. So it's um, yeah, I'm, I'm delighted with how that how that's going. Um, and we'll start with the horses. Um, so we've got Fulminera Gontius. She um, has been for a away day. Was green on that um, race course gallop at Newmarket. She's looking like one will be ready on, to see on the track in the middle of July. And fingers crossed she's got plenty of ability. We're still in the dark a little bit there, but she's done some nice bits at home. Mercy goes to Newmarket for the Emperor Stakes. Um, I think she'll run well. She's a gutsy filly. She tries hard. Sam James takes the ride. Um, and, uh, yeah, I would, be, I would be surprised if she's, she's too far away from the front there. Sophia Starlight, being from away there, went very well. She is going to be on the track first 10 days of July, I would say. Ascending Glory is outside my front door. She is on box first until July the 19th. Kevin Ryan's mass powder, um ran into the headwind, uh, which probably wasn't the brightest thing to do. Um, she will be seen on the track in the next um, kind of 10 days. We'll keep her to five furlongs and... Um, yeah, I'm sure she'll put in a better performance than she did at uh, Lady Rayburn goes to Doncaster, takes on Lady Dean. I think um, I'll be delighted if one of the horses wins. Looks to be no pace in that race, so that'll be interesting how it pans out. Nurse Claire went to Carlisle, disappointed, but I was stood 50 yards past the line and I heard a heave suddenly coming past me. She's doing everything on one breath at the moment. She's not relaxing. Um, I could liken it to my swimming efforts. When I go swimming, I... Um, I've got the best swimming technique and I kind of find for one length and after that I'm, I'm exhausted because my, my breathing's not right. Um, it's the same kind of thing with her. She's just not relaxing in the races. Um, so there we go. Um, but hopefully, Alice is going to try a different bit on her and hopefully that works. Over at Carl's, we've got Fast Response goes to Chester, draw on one on Saturday. We'll have a very good chance. I think Novello's probably the one to beat and two, but Fast Response got a very good chance. Caboose, um with me at the farm. He um, he tried probably one out of ten lame, and went trotting up start this week. He um, has got a curb on his hind leg. Um, we're not there yet, but um, he's he's been treated, and you know, well, some point soon it'll come sound. I have no doubt. Bunny Sweet ran a great race at Carlisle. Um, delighted to see her. Probably run a great best. Um, finished second behind our schooler. She would have finished closer with a clear run, um, but as I said, delighted that she's finished second in a, a listed race over here. Gilded, obviously, state's winner up at air. She will probably go to the York John Smith meeting where there's a couple of races for her. True Gem won very nicely down at Goodwood. Um, loves the soft ground, could go to Haydock on 1st of July. There's nothing else penciled in, but if it came up fast ground, then we may look to swerve it. Late night mistake was a bit unlucky at Leicester. Um, I think she was the best horse in the day that in the race that day. Um, she kind of 
went to the front, beat, beat everything, and then got tired in the last 100 yards. We'll be running over seven rather than eight furlongs going forward. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if she was to win one of the next couple of starts. Al Kareem um, ran at Asker. I was a little bit disappointed with the results. I did expect him to run, finish further, fourth and fourth. Um, I think Cliff went slightly too fast during that race. Um, he's got a good World Cup and Group 1 entry. We'll see him next in the Bahrain Trophy on the 7th of July. Then he'll go to Goodwood, and then I'll be well go to York. Odell Star shares available in this filly. Um, Lucy Burke sat on it, not yesterday, the day before. She liked her. Still going to take a bit of time, still a little bit on the leg, um, but she's moving well, no issues. Um, and if anybody's looking for a two-year-old for the back end of the season, she would be the one. Secret Angel ran well on debut at Nottingham. She's in the spot to spin drifter. She's going to have a couple of other entries. Um, probably a very nice filly. Riverside Girl ran well at Pontefract. We'll get a mark on Tuesday and then we'll make some plans. But it wouldn't surprise me if she was winning in July. Poppy Kariri goes to Newmarket tonight. Ran very well at debut at York. Finishing fourth. Um, things are going the right way with her. And um, she should go close tonight at Newmarket. Naomi's Charm debuts at Newcastle. Uh, it looks a hot race. There's a couple of smart horses in there, but I do think she'll run well. Elusive Truth. Um, nice filly. Always one for the back end of the season. Um, she is is going fine. Hits the ground hard. Um, they're just monitoring the joints at the moment, but um, she is a filly um, that hopefully we'll see kind of August onwards. Late Marie. Disappointed since when he went well on debut. I think we got it wrong at Redcat. We had our cheap pieces on. Uh, sorry, blink blinkers on the stepping up and trip, which didn't work. We will look to uh, do one or the other rather than both like, next time. Alexis Princess, very well handicapped. She's got a mark of mid-60s. We'll see her in nurseries, possibly 5th of July at Pontifact. Cody Dancers had a saw on um, where the saddle goes um, on her side. She, is, um, she needs one more run before she qualifies for handicaps. And we should see her out first couple of days of July. Tondu's nice filly. Um, she's been working with the Dark Angel. She's probably not um, showing as much as the Dark Angel, but she won't be as fit as her. She's probably two to three weeks off a run, I would say, at this stage. Bon Marine, disappointed at Windsor. Not quite sure why. Um, and the fact that she got a bump. Um, her muscle problem was, was a step in the right direction and we gone backwards. Marshman, nice call, works this morning um, with a smart two-year-old of Carl's and we will see how we get on. He will be seen somewhere in the first week of July on the track. Carrier Angel, nice dark angel filly. She's cantering away. Her work's been stepped up. She's one that I think we'll see on the track middle of July. Johnny Murta runs two fillies tonight. Um... Both are very smart. She, um, Senora Bellissima starts over seven. Web Machine starts over six. Senora Bellissima's got a um, group one entry in the Moigler, and we like both fillies, and I think they'll both run well tonight, with probably without winning, because Johnny rarely wins, Tools rarely win on debut. Um, but I think they'll both be smart fillies coming the end of the year. 
Racing Sand, um, is likely to go to Asker on 8th of July. He's a well-handicapped horse now, and he will be winning. I have no doubt he's going to get some soft ground. Large actions uh, still in the field. will be brought back in soon. Zeham got hit over the head um, by Paul Hannigan, who was riding the horse next to him in the race at Beverly. So that would put a line through. He could be seen out um, early July. There's a couple of races at Carlisle. There's a couple of races at Beverly. Belzel Beauty will either go to Pontifact or Thirst before the end of the month. Eldrick Jones being gelded back cantering. Ray Dune won nicely last time out. It could reproduce that run and go in again at Doncaster under the very good Johnny Pete. Mackie's turn, the bungalow in the jungle filly. She um, did a nice piece of work of late um, and she is very close to a debut. We will see her out on the track first week of July. Twilight Lady had a nasty colic. Um, took plenty of time to get over that. One for handicap, yeah, one for handicapped nurseries, and I would imagine we'll be running in the middle of July onwards. Champagne, Shalafilly hasn't come to hand yet, um, but I find that for this kind of horses, they don't show you anything early doors, and then at some point they go on a big upward curve, and I'm sure that will happen with her, just in case it's not been yet. Territorial waters at Rogers. Um, was suffering from a splint, wasn't moving right. Um, splints, splints can be very painful for the horses. Um, you've got to give them time to harden, and then you start again. So that's what we're doing with her. Travaio de Keco um, has been gelded, but ridden out now. Post office were disappointed at Newcastle. Uh, it was 25 degrees up there. The surface road very deep. Um, it just didn't suit him. Shandy Star, two-year-old that we think plenty of. She's in the spin drifter. Um, probably see her at York though on July the 9th. Sophie Star brought another great race up air. She is um, definitely going the right direction. Delighted with how she's going. She's run two career best last two times out. Um, she will probably go to York on the 9th of July. Hensar debuted last night at Newcastle. Finished second. Um, it was a distant second, but run as we hoped he would do. Um, it's a big horse. Um, probably appreciate the slower ground. And um, he's one that should get better and better. Tolton Forest, been disappointing. Um, Craig's horses are just not right at the moment. Um, off when yards aren't right in the first half of the season, they can get rewarded because by the end of the year, uh, they're well-handicapped horses. And it's just because Craig figured out and getting it right. The last line caught did his first piece of work yesterday up at Moulton. Went well. Um, we'll need a couple more pieces of work. Uh, still green, but that's what I expected on this first piece. Claude Vier, actually, I need to catch up with Tim. There was a race at Doncaster, but Tim chose not to declare. I phoned him yesterday, but got no answer. I'll be trying again um, this morning. Kahira, disappointed in France. She ran well enough, but I think we got, completely got it wrong. Uh, turning track, not up her street. was behind early um, and was always trying to chase and catch up. Um, against horses who had better track position. We're also making the second start. That's hard for them to do. Apple Lily, smart filly over in France with Laura Vanska. Um, she is likely to be seen on the track middle of August, um, and one we think a lot of. Lopez Gold finished second this week. Sligo continues to go the right way. Um, we'll have to make a decision soon whether we keep her or, or move on at sales. But she's a filly who's... Um, Put two or three career best 
back to back, so she's going the right way. Inspected is cantering away on the treadmill, um, and um, she'll be ready to work around about the end of July. Unagi debuts at Newmarket tonight. Nice relief from the breeze ups. Hasn't shown lots since arriving at Stewart's. Um, He's finding it hard to get a fit. Um, so we're, we're going to get on the track and see how we get on. And then finally for Reba, far fully with Kevin Phillip out Defoy. Um, works today and we're looking towards running her in two weeks. The next section of um, the podcast, I've selected um, several questions that people have sent in. Um, I've still probably got a database of about well, three times the questions that I'm going to go through, the, through um, today. So we've got plenty of material lined up for, for later podcasts. So if your question is answered here, um, it will be at a later date. Um, so first question is, you're a successful gambler. What advice would you give others? Um, so gambling 20 years ago was very different to gambling now. Gambling 10 years ago was very different to gambling now. Um, the bookmakers have completely changed the, their... Um, approach to taking bets and um, it's a lot harder to get bets on now Betfair has got less liquidity markets respond much quicker and um, you see overnight gambles um, happen and a horse could go from 5 to 1 to 2 to 1 and it looks like it's a, an almighty gamble and it's probably only 3-400 quid that's gone on on certain accounts that's, that's moved the the price so much Um Gambling, like gambling's all, there's a couple of underlying rules. First of all, you have to be good at maths. You have to work out the percentage chance of things happening. Um, every outcome has got, does, does, you start with 100% basically. So there's only going to be one winner in a race. So you're working 100%. So the percentage chance of each horse is winning has to add up to 100%. And you have to divide 100% out amongst the field. That's first and foremost. When you're doing uh, each way betting or place betting, then you have to look at the selections that are um, out there, look at the horses in the race, and look at the place terms that the bookmakers are offering. Um, I read a piece in the Racing Post this week about um, a guy who was flagging up 11-runner bets. Uh, 11 runner races are terrible for each way betting, and he's dead right. Um, you should only really be doing each way betting when you've got eight runners, 16 runners, 17 runners, um, those kind of races. Otherwise, the odds are massively against you. Instead of doing each way betting, you can look at um, the place market on the exchanges um, and do a win and place bet. And that way, you'll get a better, um, better um, odds when you co- when you combine the win and the players than you would do doing an each way bet. Um, another important thing is believe what you see rather than what you hear. Um, that's first and foremost. Um, a lot of the time when whispers are out, by the time it gets to you, you don't know how many people it's, it's been to beforehand. And it could be that the horse was a, was fancied to win at 5-1 to one, and by the time it gets to you, it's already down to 2-1 to one, and then the implied odds are, you know, you're not going to win long term. The guy who's getting on at 5-1 to one may do so, but um, the guy who's getting on at 2-1, to one, he's probably a, a long term loser. So you have to, um, yeah, believe what you see. Do a lot of video analysis um, and you can kind of identify the horses that you think 
are going to win based on how they've run their run styles and like when it comes to race man race horse management and placing horses um that's all to do with watching how they run and then we're giving them the best possible chance of winning next time same with same with betting identify our horse runs identify what you think it needs and then um when the horse gets those conditions you know then that you're looking towards having a bet on that horse um yeah Jockeys, who selects them? Have you gone away from having a number one? Um, so when I selected, um, when we arranged for Ben Curtis to be our number one a couple of years ago, we were in a position the year before where um, jockeys were very hard to um, available. It was tricky on uh, particularly weekends, and I was going into races with without the jockeys on the horses that would would have liked. So that's why we moved um, to hire somebody like Ben. Ben did a great job, and we had a great year that, that year. Um, last year, he went, obviously went off um, and joined Matt Johnson. That didn't particularly work out for Ben. Um, and, um, yeah, we tried to replace Ben. It didn't kind of work. But right now, uh, I'm very happy with how things are going because we've got a pool of jockeys who are all keen to ride for us. So we've obviously got Ben, Cliff Lee, um, Sam James, Johnny P., um, I could I could name more more jockeys, but those are kind of four jockeys that I'm kind of reach for, a, um, you know, where possible, and they're all um, always made themselves available, and they're all very good jockeys. Um, there are others, um, Jason Hart. I can mention Tommy's has ridden well for us recently, um, but it's good to have relationships with jockeys, and um, you know, they're there for you when 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 you when when you need them. So we won't be looking to to get a return jockey going forward, but I have got a pool of jockeys that are my go-to jockeys. Horse names. Do you have an input and have you ever rejected a proposed name? Yep, I've rejected plenty of proposed names um, and I'm sure that'll be something that continues in the future. Generally, I like one-word names, um, classy, um, that people can... Um, that they're easy to read and you can imagine somebody shouting on during a race. Now, that doesn't always happen. Um, I know you could come back and say, hang on, Nick, what about this name? Um, but often in those situations, I've, um, I've maybe rejected two or, two or three names before before actually accepting that one. Um, a lot of the time, Weatherby's reject the names as well. Um, so, yeah. Is it true that you are less likely to buy from the horse in training sale now than, say, five, ten years ago? Um, if you answered that, asked me that question... Six months ago, I'd have said yes. Asked me that question 12 months ago, I'd have said uh, definitely yes. Um, but I'm just watching George Barry's success at uh, Royal Ascot and a few other trainers um, with the horses that won in the handicaps. Um, several of those are the horses that I would have found myself um, at the sales. And um, it was a case of time management. I just didn't have the time to do that well. Um do the full draft which we have on the farm and go and buy the yearlings for the, for the racing company. Um, but going forward, I'm going to try and get horse in training back on the radar. There is a sale in France next week. There's a breeze-up sale on the Wednesday and then horse in training sale on the Thursday. Um, and I've already been through the horse in training. I've got a list of, I had a list of 34 horses. I think it's down to 20 after withdrawals. Um, so I've done the work on uh, that horse and training sale 
And then I've already got Hugh Taylor on with the work for the Tatsil's July sales. And once I get the sale out of the way, I'll be picking that up as well. Um, so that was definitely the case um, recently. But we are going to try and um, buy some of the horse in training. I mean, George has done great with ones that he's had. I think he's the trainer. We could put, send some to uh, Roger Fell up north. His yard was, um, seems to work miracles um, with horses that have come from other yards. Um, so those are two trainers that I think off the top of my head I'll be looking to work with in terms of sending um, horses from the horse and training sale. Where do you see yourself in five or ten years? Well, hopefully still alive. That's first and foremost. Uh, this game is very stressful. Um, it's not straightforward. By the end of the year, I'm physically knackered. Uh, and the older I get, the kind of more it's going to take its toll on me. So I've got to make sure I live a healthy lifestyle. And, you know, I want to be doing this job um, literally until retirement. This is something that I love doing. Um, the buzz that I got from the first, third and fourth air the weekend was amazing. The buzz that I got from the first and second at Carlisle this week in Eternal Stakes um, and the smiles on people's faces after the races, you know, that, that's why I do it. I, I, I do it to try and allow people to achieve their horse racing dreams. Um, that that buzz is, you, you, to me, you can't buy that. Um, is that that's that's what gets me out of bed on a morning. Um, it makes me do podcasts at seven twenty in the morning uh, as well. Yeah. So I just I just want the company to be successful um, to build. I don't want to get to a position where I'm buying horses for the sake of it. That's something I don't want to be doing. I'm always trying to think long term, um, and I want to give owners the best possible experience um, rather than being a, a syndicate which got hundreds of horses with horses that kind of win winning their turn that that isn't really my thing one of the areas of racing i still find difficult to understand is the training for example works well at home good piece of work best piece of work how is this assessed okay so um before a horse can work they have to get it fit there's no point working a horse that isn't fit and often if you're to work a horse that isn't fit you'd have injury problems uh, thereafter. So work is when a horse would literally be going near enough racing speed. Um, all the time up to that, they're building up. So they start by trotting, where they're going, let's say, 5, 10 mile an hour, and then they're stepping up to hacking and uh, cantering, and slowly the speeds increase, and then towards swinging canters, where they're probably going 30, 35 miles an hour, and then final piece of work are when your horse is fully fit. Generally it takes 12 weeks to get a horse fit. Four weeks walking, four weeks trotting, a good four weeks cantering, maybe longer with the cantering section. Um, so that is that. And then when the horses work, so the trainers all do it differently. Um, but generally when horses work, they don't work on their own. They would work either in pairs um, and a cow likes to work them in threes and i completely agree with um that i think it's very informative and when they work together the the, the trainers know how much weight how heavy each jockey is um and then you're looking for visually how how well the horses work in my experience um it's a lot easier for trainers to assess speed horses rather than staying horses 
because when they work, they generally work over shorter distances than their racing distance. For example, um, you wouldn't if you were training a marathon runner, you wouldn't ask, you wouldn't train him over twenty six miles um, on a Tuesday and a Friday. Just wouldn't happen. Whereas a sprinter, you would assess their speed, um, and you assess, assess them over three or four furlongs, or maybe two furlongs, and um, far closer to their actual racing distance. So I always think it's easier for trainers to assess their um, sprinters. For example, Calvert was, you know, was very bullish about dramatised before its um, Queen Mary victory, which we got right. Um, but look at um, staying horses. It would be very hard for something like John Gosson to say Stradivarius was going to do X, Y, or Z because the, probably the furthest he ever works him over would be seven, eight furlongs max, I would say. And then he goes and runs over, you know, two mile plus. Um, when horses are worked, they're all working in the same uh, conditions on that day. Um, so you can compare like we like on the day, but you can't compare one day with another day. Um, <clears throat> when we go to the when we go to the breeze ups, obviously all the horses are breezing on the same same track on the same day. Um, but you can take into account things like wind direction. If the wind is blowing, then that is a big factor. Um, is it more of an experience thing or science? Um, I would say a combination of both. So you need to, you first of all, you need to get the data, either visual data or um, statistical data. Then you, know, you need to know how to interpret it. So, for example, um, I remember um, Lucia Joy was working with Cashier start of the year, and I think Lucia Joy beat Cashier. Um, I'm going back to probably early March, let's say. And um, at that point, Lucia Joy was probably 90, 95% fit, and whereas Cashier was probably 70, 75% fit. And they had different targets um, to aim for. So, for example, Cashier was going for the Guineas. Uh, Lucia Joy was aiming to run much sooner. Um, so, it's all, again, it's interpreting the data. And the trainer can do that because the trainer knows exactly what the horse has done going into that. So from an outsider looking in, sometimes the snapshots, you do need a little bit more background information. Um, Grant took um, four two-year-olds up to Newcastle this week. They worked on the Newcastle track over five furlongs, and they all started off as a group, and they all finished spread out. Um, but but Grant knows that the horse A is 90% fit, horse B is 75% fit, horse C is 80% fit, and where they finish... Um, he has to consider their fitness, but also the number of times the horses have, have been away to work. Um, for example, um, Post Office Road worked with um, the Gooey fan that finished second yesterday, Henza. Um, and when they worked together, the Post Office Road had already been away once and had, a, if not twice, and, had a, and, and worked on that gallop. So when you take horses away to work on the gallop for the first time, Let's say they work to 75. When they go the time after, you'd expect them to work to 80 plus um, because they improve for the run. They know what's coming. They're a little bit fitter, but also mentally, um, they know where the gallop starts. They know where the gallop finishes. Um, and they improve. A bit like when, they, when you run a horse, they improve from run to run. It's the same when you work them. The first piece of work is generally the greenest, and then they progress from there. Right, we'll leave it at that. I hope I've answered plenty of questions there. And that's the end of today's podcast. <laughs>